0: All oh, right. We have Tom Luango enter the room. I'll, I'll let him in. All enter. right. For our grand finale. For our grand finale. And then afterwards, you tell us uh, how, the, how the election went, yeah?
1: Yeah. Hello, Tom. Can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Awesome. How are you guys tonight? It's
0: been a long time. Uh, yeah, it's was, been a while. I prepare my interviews thoroughly. So I was watching yours. And I thought, well, I have to get my props up here. Well, <laughs> well okay. Well, then let's let's do this.
1: So. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> do this. I, you know, this is my normal way of doing. Yeah, I, was it. Oh, I love it. we're gonna all do the hat thing tonight. That's fucking great. <laughs> all right. He's so, got fun too. Um, I'm a little drunk, guys. So if I, you know, if I, if, if I straighten the family friendly thing, don't uh, just remind me.
0: Yeah, so. we, we're trying to not get blocked from YouTube. So if you can prevent us from
1: go, having to go through that, got or... it. I'll do th- I'll, I'll I'll do my best.
0: So uh, have you guys elected a new president by now already or no? Uh, Uh,
1: As far as I can tell, looking at the way, looking at this thing from state to state and going through county by county, and I think this thing is done. Um, There were a couple of close calls for Biden in states like Virginia and Rhode Island, um, where he could have lost states that he wasn't expecting to. But, for the most part, it looks like Trump's gonna win. He's won Florida, he's won Texas, he's won Georgia, he's won North Carolina, he's won Ohio, he's won Iowa. because um, in every one of those states, and you know, with Iowa being the weakest, he's all of the major urban centers have already mostly reported. And then Arizona, they dumped all of the early voting numbers on the market immediately. And now we're getting the on the day election day numbers coming in. They should all be heavy Republican. Arizona, I think, is in play. Okay. Um, okay. Virginia, they finally started reporting from like Richmond, to Fairfax County, and a variety of other places like that. And um, that's finally going to be called properly, properly for Biden. Uh, but it was really touch and go there for a couple of hours. They were calling it at, like seven thirty that Biden was going to win. I'm like. I don't know. Trump's got a 400,000 vote lead here. Like uh, where are you going to manufacture those votes? Right. Um, And it was just looking really, really shaky when you were going to county by county. And I mean, Rhode Island right now is 2000 votes of all things. Rhode Island is 2000 votes. And if, you know, the students at Brown university don't show up, then it's very possible that Providence doesn't break hard. And, you know, the, the, and, Rhode Island somehow goes red for the first time since Ronald Reagan. It's that close. Um, But reality is is that Rhode Island doesn't matter. Um, Michigan is most likely going to go hard Trump at this point. Most of Detroit and Ann Arbor have already reported. And his lead is such that Trump's lead is such that they can't manufacture anything more than that. Now, whether Governor Gretchen Whitmer will actually certify the election or not is a different story. Right. Right that's where this thing is going to get kinky in the next uh 48 hours or so um but realistically speaking if the margin in in michigan is big enough it won't matter uh same thing is looking like it's going to happen in philadelphia and pennsylvania trump's got a massive lead in pennsylvania as of right now and uh Philadelphia has already 28 percent reported. And when I saw from people on the ground, it was a replay of 2016, which there wasn't just there just wasn't a huge turnout in Philadelphia. So now they got to manufacture the votes. I mean, literally steal them, literally like print them out of thin air. And I don't know that they can print 500,000 votes. Okay. What about I mean. the electoral
2: votes? It seems Biden. Well, that's what I mean. Up. Is once
1: you once we get into that, once we get to those to that level, um, to me, the map at worst, the worst projection for Trump, as I'm looking at it right now. And s- excuse me if I'm not looking at the camera because I'm looking at my I'm looking at my other screen. I'll try and put it uh, close. So I don't you know, look. At oh, the, I just noticed you're a bass player. Yes, I am. <laughs> Good. Good, absolutely. Been been so since I'm fifteen. Yeah, me too. OK, so when you put the whole map together and we take Virginia out of play for Trump, um, we can even take let's be generous to Biden to take Wisconsin out of play. And I think Trump may win in Wisconsin um, and we give him and we give Biden Arizona by hook or crook. Trump's still at 285. Um, okay. That's without New Hampshire. That's without Wisconsin, Virginia, Rhode Island, as I talked about, Arizona. And him taking Michigan and he taking, even if he, and if he takes pencil and if he doesn't take Pennsylvania, that's where we get into a problem, right? So that's the scenario that they're trying to create here is that where they can turn it, bring it all down to Pennsylvania because they figured out how to crack Arizona and they can make, oh, they make Pennsylvania the the gig. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Trump may actually win Wisconsin and end the entire affair because at that point, He's still at 275 in a worst case scenario. Um, and then we have no idea what's gonna happen with Nevada. Right? We haven't gotten any results yet that I can tell from Nevada. Let me let me look at what the, the New York Times is reporting as of right now. Uh I, 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 just yeah, Nevada just started reporting.
2: Yeah, I kind of so agree with you. It seems like as we might expect a Trump uh, slam dunk, but you know, I think some of us have have been discussing some of the deep state surprises. You know, I'm I'm afraid, you know, what might happen waking up tomorrow morning or events in the middle uh, of the night. Um, You know, there's all this dark winter talk, um, revolutions, riots, you know, what are your thoughts on these, these surprises?
1: Well, I'm expecting all of it, right? I'm expecting everything. They're fully, committed to their Great Reset, right? The World Economic Forum's Great Reset. They are fully committed to it. They've turned Boris Johnson in the UK or Boris Johnson finally unveiled himself as to what he actually is. Take your pick. Um, I think Johnson's been playing games as to whether or not if Trump were to win, how he was going to betray Britain, whether he's going to betray Britain. This is whether he's going to betray Britain by being part of the EU, or not a part of the EU, i.e. with a no-deal Brexit or without a no-deal Brexit. But I think that he was always going to betray Brexit because at the end of the day, I was, I was talking to Patrick Henningson a couple of weeks ago on my podcast, and he said, you know, remember that, you know, Stanley Johnson is a eugenicist and, you know, a Malthusian, and he's all part of that, that same clique. Like, you don't think that Boris wasn't inculcated in that. And then, obviously, he's got the Build Back Better, um, you know, the... Uh, campaign slogan or, you know, whatever he's, whatever he's putting on the podium at this point. So they're all messaging the same thing. The problem is, is that they just newly minted 30 million new gun owners here in the United States. I'm going to be frank and honest with you guys. Like this is the most contested election or supposed to be the most contested and, and um close election. In God knows how long since maybe Kerry Bush 2004 and Florida just broke four and a half points for Trump. When's the last time you heard Florida going four and a half points for anybody that wasn't a foregone conclusion? Texas is going to go six points for Trump. Ohio is going to go seven points for Trump. Okay. If they think they're going to play that game, well, that's nice. We're just all going to say no. And then it's going to get very interesting, which is exactly what the World Economic Forum wants, because if they can't convert the United States, they want to break it, right? And I get that, and I've been saying for six months now that this may be the most most important and the least and most irrelevant election of all time, which is sad to say. So I was kind of hoping that tonight we get a much more definitive answer. That like I want to see Arizona go red. I want to see not because I love Trump, because I think Trump is a mess, right? Trying to keep it clean. Um, but if he wins Pennsylvania and he wins Arizona and he wins Wisconsin and Michigan, then there could be no question what the country actually wants, which is they don't want communism, which is exactly what these people are offering. They are offering, without a doubt, they are offering warmed over 1970s moldy old commies that look all like Bernie Sanders. And all the only difference is is that they want to substitute robots for, you know, the working class. And that's what this whole Klaus great industrial, fourth industrial revolution looks like. And they have no idea what they're actually doing. They're just a bunch of, you know, aloof, effete eggheads sitting and sipping, um, you know, know, coffee and Swiss coffee and, and dreaming up nonsense when the rest of us live in the real world. And none of that looks like anything that we can actually live with, but they're going to destroy. And they're already in the process of destroying the lower middle classes in Europe, destroying value creation, destroying all of it in order to bring about a, a, a terrible future, a really dystopic Aldous Huxley, cross between 1984 and and, and Brave New World that is really quite unnerving. Um, And the United States, the the American voter needs to make a definitive answer here, needs to make a definitive statement so that we literally break psychologically these people of their illusions that this is going to happen so that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez becomes an uninteresting footnote in history. That's what needs to happen, not because Donald Trump is so great, but because this process needs to be broken. And the United States needs to stand as a bulwark against all of this, even though we're a mess, even though we're an empire, even though we're all even though we're so many bad things. But this is your moment where the people of the United States can stand up and say, we reject all of it. We reject the American empire. We reject the nascent new European Empire." And if we do that, by the time all the votes are counted, and that will be an an unquestionable and unvarnished good thing. That's what I've been hoping for. And the best we can hope for the way it's looking right now is that Trump wins the election, holds the Senate, picks up five or six seats in the House. He won't own the House. Pelosi will still be Speaker, but it'll be unambiguous. And she'll have lost cachet with her own. Um, with her own caucus and with a result like that after the money that they've spent and the time that they've spent that when they've done, when all is said and done, that she will have a bigger fight internally on her hands than she's ever had before. And I, that's what I can hope for. And then he can move forward with a cabinet that doesn't, that actually will start getting rid of most of what is the obvious portions of the swamp. So
2: that's let's, say all, let's say all goes well, you know, um, and as you said, Trump wins, does the second term. Um, we're out 20, 2024.
1: I mean, well, that would that be a point where all hell breaks loose? I think it'll break loose by 2022. I don't think it'll last that long. I think that will Trump will stand athwart that if he OK, if he's able in the next couple of hours. To. They then finally call Florida, Texas, and all that, and they can go look. I've won this election. We're going to certify 270 electoral votes with or without Pennsylvania, or with or without, um, you know, Wisconsin or whatever, whichever state they think they're going to, they're going to, they're going to contest this over. And he can do that. And he then immediately fires Christopher Ray at the head of the, the, the FBI. Fires Fauci. Fires this when he fires that. Literally wakes up the next morning. And goes, yep, second term. You're all fired. Like goes on like it's an episode of The Apprentice. It would be awesome. Like we're firing all of you, and Mitch. Here's my list of people that are going to be in my cabinet: Sidney Powell for head of the FBI, right? Michael Flynn's lawyer. Or this, we're going to do this, and you guys are going to get that done right. Because if you don't, I'm going to sort of I'm going to start legislating like Obama did through executive order, and that's going to be the end of it. And I'm going to tell that. Woman, Pelosi, (laughs) sit down and shut up. The speaker's gavel isn't as powerful as you think it is, because I'm going to start actually actually acting like the president that you allowed Obama to be, which he never did. One of the interesting things about Trump, as much as you know, as much as he's a mess, he's governed like a federalist. He's asked Congress to do their job and not do things that he could do by executive order, because they've already set the precedent to allow him to do all sorts of things by executive order. And he has refused to do it and thrown things back to Congress like Obamacare and like all the rest of it. I think that you take the most retributive man in the world and you hand him a second term with a stronger position in the House than he's had in two years. And I think they have no other option but to get rid of it. To protect themselves. And that's when things get ugly. Um, And I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. But I would prefer a definitive statement tonight that will preclude that happening because the American people will have made a strong enough statement. This is not what we want. We are in charge, not you, not you, the media, not you, Pelosi, not all the rest of you. You think you have power. You don't have power. We have power. We, the people, enshrine this constitution to do X. And what you're doing is Y. Therefore, See ya. That's what needs to happen. And that needs to be made definitively. And this, and if that statement isn't made, then it's going to get really ugly from here for the entire world, because the, the entire world is hoping that we do this. It's very obvious. You see the people in Lithuania and Nigeria today holding rallies for Trump, like halfway across the freaking world, they're holding rallies for Trump.
0: Well the mainstream they media get it. the mainstream media in the Netherlands is still not.
1: <laughs> no. No, I know. I, I'm it's un, it's unfortunate. And I know that I, and I, I weep for what's coming in Europe. You guys know, I mean, I we haven't spoken, Heroy. We haven't you and I haven't spoken in a while, but you know how much of a focus I have on Europe because I think the European Union is the real enemy. I don't think China is the real enemy. I don't think Iran is an enemy. I don't think Russia is the enemy. I think the European Union is the enemy. Commies are the enemy. Like the Chinese are just garden variety fascists now. They just, they're just interested in, 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 in economic colonization. Like they're no different than the Brits at this point, like 19th century, 18th century Brits. That's the way I view the Chinese. Oh yeah. They, they have their, they have their, their, their ambitions, but their ambitions aren't like the European union. The European union is directing policy through the United States deep state to subjugate China. To subjugate Russia, they're using Donald Trump, they're using Donald Trump as a useful, use, useful idiot to go after both of them. While then undermining one, him at home.
2: Yeah, that's one of the key points. Uh, I mean, I've studied the EU. I'm an EU citizen, just like Rico. Right. Um, I've got a whole on my bookshelf. I have the section of global governance, right? And I've got mm-hmm. uh, all these academic books. The idea of world government. Uh, there's a book about the, the EU's role in global government. Uh, 150 bucks I paid for it. Right. and the eu wow. is the, it's the te- technocracy right it's the blueprint Absolutely. for global government and it's the model that's being uh, exported to all other regions uh, of the world right. you know north american union south american mm-hmm. union and as you said i mean i was just reading just a month ago or two the eu is striking a deal for a free a free trade deal with with mexico so it's right. just, just as you're saying they they're working with mexico i think with australia the eu just made a deal where they're going to give australia like uh, almost a trillion dollars or something, um, in, in, in credit or, or loans. So right. they're like the, they're like the yeah. I mean, so that's what's going on. So I, I would agree with you about the EU. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the, to me, I look at it from an American's perspective, the way the easiest way to explain the EU is they 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 want to be the board in that they want to get as many people underneath their rubric as possible, so that they can then set the rules. For the rest of the world, and export those rules to the rest of the world. The same same way that here in the United States we have the saying that every bad idea in the United States starts in California and migrates east. To me, the EU is just California writ large. We're going to create a whole bunch of bad ideas, but because we have such economic power, we're going to force that on the rest of the country by setting these ridiculous standards, which will then force those to then propagate through the market, so that the producers. Are all forced if, if we have to retool all of our production lines for zero emission cars because California wants it? Then we get them in Florida whether we want them or not. Okay, because it doesn't make any sense for Ford and GM to build two different versions of, or for Ford to build, say, two different versions of the Mustang. No, they're going to build to the most stringent version thereof, and then just run the uh, the the uh, the economy of scale across the entire country. It's not, it, I mean. That's what they do. And the EU is the same way. It's built on the same technocratic model. It's worse than that because it's the ultimate technocracy where there's no elected, where there's the veneer of democracy having a parliament that has no power and sovereign states which have no power no i would with an unelected with an unelected politburo literally i I call it the EUSSR. i wouldn't even it's i wouldn't even call it a
0: veneer it's pretty well known that the european parliament is like without any power it's 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 ceremonial
1: (laughs) well and they're trying to do the same thing here in the united states right that's what they're trying to do here in the united states by uh by doing the there's so thoroughly undermining the electoral college. They're so, And the other thing is, of course, is international treaties which supersede national policy. Well, you have to follow the... You sign this international treaty, and this international treaty is then subject to the European Court of Justice or whatever it is. And, you, and what your parliaments want or what your governments want is irrelevant. Right? And if you watch very carefully, and I've been saying this for a long time, if you watch very carefully, watch Angela Merkel very carefully in Germany. She always makes... She always picks projects that will grant her more economic leverage over the hinterlands of the EU in order to gain political advantage over them within the structure of the EU. So, for example, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which I'm in favor of, but not because I think it's a great, in the long run, it's a great deal for Europe and Russia to end their antagonism. Right. But I also know that Merkel wants the Nord Stream 2 pipeline because she wants to be able to put the screws to Poland by back by, by being the transit hub for all the natural gas in Europe, and then sell that gas back to Poland, and then say, "Oh, by the way, Poland, no, you're really not allowed to to do X, Y, and Z. And if you do, we'll just shut off the gas." Merkel wants that power for Germany. She's always wanted that power for Germany, and she'll and she'll, and that's part of what Nord Stream Two is about. I know that. Um.
0: Well, you're the first and to mention to me in a way the Poland issue. So Nord Stream 2 is going through the sea. I, I suppose it's through uh,
1: through Polish waters. Well, it part of it is. I think uh, they might go around. They, it, and Poland has, has has been against North Stream 2 pipeline for a variety of reasons. Yeah, because the I United mean, States
0: they, wants them to be against it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, look, the, the, the Polish Law and Justice Party would be, if they could get past their own Russophobia – Putin would be very happy to, to like, build the pipeline directly to Putin, directly to, to Poland. to like, yeah. look, we'll, we'll sell you gas. Exactly. But the, the, the Law and Justice Party in Poland won't do that. They'd rather dumbly fight against Nord Stream 2 and then import the 30% more uh, on the dollar American LNG, which yeah. makes no sense to me simply because they hate Russians. Well, I get why they hate Russians, but at the same time, put the... Put your hatred of the Russians aside and realize that the Russians are happy to sell you gas because the Germans will absolutely turn your gas off the next time you say, "Oh, by the way, I don't agree with this EU policy." You know, nope, sorry, we'll shut the gas down because you know they'll do it. Merkel will have no problem doing that. The Russians, in what sixty years, have never shut the gas off to Europe. Yeah, they have to shut gas off to Ukraine for not paying their bills, but they've never shut gas off to Europe, even during the worst of. The Cold War, Western Europe was supplied with Russian gas. The, the Russians never shut anything down, so the United States have been and the and the the U.S. and British deep state have been concocting this fantasy that the Russians have some kind of um, of uh, of policy lever through you know gas sales over Europe, but they've never used it in seventy years. Why would you think they're going to use it now? It, it makes no. It's it, it's it's pure propaganda. It's pure nonsense. But and and the polls never seem to get their own place in the world. The Hungarians have been telling them for years now, dude. Just get a pipeline. Let's have Putin bring a pipeline to all of us. And of course, the the EU would never allow that to happen.
0: I have a question for you. You you've been sure. going in detail on the, the the results of the vote in your states. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know if it's been reported just now or not but just this is a, how's the libertarian party doing this time? Terrible. Oh.
1: And they deserve it. And I'm a libertarian and I'm a former um I'm a former state officer. I was nearly state chair of the state the state party of Florida 15 so years ago.
0: Smaller than uh, 4 years ago?
1: What's or- that? It's much worse. Now oh. George organson's not a, not a candidate. Uh, Gary Johnson okay. Okay, okay. Was, was a was a force to be reckoned with. When he ran a regional campaign in 2016. Okay, thanks for the updates. <laughs> okay, but he, um, but he ran a regional campaign in states to ensure that Hillary Clinton won them: Colorado, New Mexico, Oregon's where he pulled well. All of those states where he went, where Hillary wanted to ensure that she won: Colorado, New Mexico, and Arizona. That's where he ran strong. Jorgensen is doing one to three percent around the country. It's not really. All that she's a terrible candidate huh. and she's not even a libertarian i mean that's that the libertarians have run a libertarian in 15 years now so um last four elections cycles, they haven't run a libertarian in forever now the libertarian party is terrible there is no third party movement in the united states donald trump is the closest thing to a third party candidate that will ever um okay. make its way through the the process all right thank you so now i'm looking at the numbers now as we've been sitting here talking Trump's opened up his lead in in Pennsylvania. He's up by six hundred thousand votes with fifty eight percent reporting in Pennsylvania. Uh, Michigan, he's got it by three hundred thousand votes with fifty two percent. The only thing I haven't noticed yet is it's the big question is going to be Detroit. You know, seventy percent of Detroit has not um, has not uh, reported yet, but he's only losing in Detroit by a few points. He's not. He's only down basically eight points or ten points, which is nothing. He needs to be down like 30 points for Michigan for Detroit to overcome the rest of the state. So Michigan's going to go Trump. He's winning in Wisconsin as of right now by thought, four points.
2: So. I thought I'd resurrect uh, what you brought up, uh, the World Economic Forum Great oh. Reset, which I think is sure. the – I think that's the the topic uh, of our time now because you know yes. it's the new world order. It's the birth pangs of this new world order, and they're not joking this time I have been traversing the planet. Uh, this year, I was in Kazakhstan. I passed through Amsterdam in the US, Mexico. Everywhere, it's a lockdown in every freaking country. I'm getting friends in Kazakhstan telling me the police find them for not wearing masks on the streets of Kazakhstan. Uh, I just read today, Canada. So anyone who flies into Canada now, you have to have this app where there, as soon as you Set foot into Canada, contact tracing, uh, quarantines, and all that. It's like, what if I don't want to take a smartphone with me to Canada? You know, it's like insane. So I, I don't want to. I
1: don't want to go to Canada now. You know, so oh, I, I'm um, not going to Canada. There, it's it, no, it's crazy. they' well, they. I think they held a meeting recently with Canada and Europe decided to go through with the rate reset. That means central bank digital currencies. It means the end of cash. It means all of this stuff. I think the election determines, like I said earlier, whether or not we have a no deal Brexit. In the UK, or uh, a bad deal, some kind of bad trade deal, um, and uh, if there's a no deal Brexit on January first, I think Martin Armstrong. Did you guys have Martin Armstrong on? Yeah, on? we yeah. Went on. Yeah. yeah, you really mentioned about. Did he mention that? Because he's been talking about this privately. I don't know if he's mentioned it publicly that they're going. They're they're expecting to cancel cash and do all the rest of it by January
0: first. Oh, yeah, you want to see this? Yeah. So what, uh, what? you correct me. So what Armstrong said is. If Trump wins,
2: yes. they'll accelerate the Great Reset yes. attempt.
0: they're going to move yes. at lightning speed to, to push it through. If they you, have to,
1: yeah, they have to.
0: And if because, Biden would win, or it's an ele- and an, an decided, it would be January. So,
1: oh, okay, so they're going to actually try and push it through like in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that'll be fascinating. Um, and I, I, you know. I respect Marty odd. I don't always agree with him, I, I absolutely respect him. And I respect the work that he does. I don't, I don't always agree with his, his conclusions of what his model tells. Him, right. And, and, and I, and I mean that in the, I mean that with the most respect imaginable because, um, Hey, you know, we all don't, you know, we all don't interpret data that we see in front of us the same way that we're different people. Right. And, and, and healthy discussion in that way is, is a, is a, is a, is an important part of the process. I and mean, if I'm wrong, fine. If Marty's wrong, fine. It doesn't matter. The, the models telling us one thing, the, the, I know what he's, what he's hearing behind the scenes. I take that very seriously. Um, I will not be surprised if they don't accelerate from here. Um, because they have to do something. Um, because it's their time. Look, think about all of the things that are happening right now. Think about all of the, the narratives and the the agendas and the the time and the the, the programs—they've all come down to this moment in time, to this election. I've been describing this election as a singularity, and we're passing through the event horizon of singularity tonight, and we're going to come out to the other side tomorrow. and We don't know what the world's going to look like, right? And and that's like everything. That's like three hundred year policy and warming period, and the sun's output is cresting and falling over we have the baby boomers who are, have been desperate to try and push this post-world war ii utopian society on us we have the advent the 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 apotheosis of cultural marks of marxism and then cultural marxism into as the dominant political ideology of the age we have all of these things are all coming together all at once and they have all of their agents in place in the united states government british government european government and they're all 80 years old. Pelosi, Schumer, it's like 69, 70. How, how much longer is he going to last? Right, Go through it. Nadler, Dianne Feinstein, all of it. Go look at the House of Lords, which Nigel Farage is going to destroy in the next five years in the in, in the UK. Okay? Because there's going to be a backlash in the UK against what Boris is doing now. It's going to bring Nigel Farage to power. He,
2: he just said he's starting a new party. I forget the name of it.
1: Of course he has uh, the, the 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 reform party or something like that, reform UK. He's gonna re- rebuild, rebrand the Brexit party, and he's gonna move forward and he's gonna and he's gonna win. Things are so fluid in, in Britain, they're not like the United States, where ballot access laws preclude a third party from getting anywhere. Cost you billions of dollars just to get on the ballot in the United States. An horrendous, an impossible amount of money. The only way to reform the, the American political system is to run an insurrectionist campaign for men, like Donald Trump did or to secede from the union. That's it. Those are your two options because the, the rest of it is a technocratic nightmare. Okay. It's a barrier to entry so high that no one can possibly climb it. Many have tried and failed, including the Libertarian Party. So when you really stop to look at this, they have to, this is their last chance because The people that they have in place now to create this thing are placed there. And they're not going to be there much longer. Joe Biden has dementia. Pelosi is a TIA stroke victim. She looks like my mom six months before she died. Like, you can see it. The woman's not all there. Same thing with Feinstein. Same with the rest of them. They're not there. Their brains are cooked. Their their lives are over. They should be retired. They should be at home. Changing their depends. While she And Pelosi, while she chews on her dentures all day. That's what she should be doing while she watches reruns of Match Game. Not running the U.S. House of Representatives. And yet, she is because she was placed there on purpose. So if they don't get it done this time, the whole thing blows up. And I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work out for them. I think there's all the election results tonight, tentatively speaking, I think are strong enough that it's not going to work. And Trump is going to walk in and say, "That's enough. Certify this election. Let's move on, and let's get this thing done." And if we can get enough governors to certify 270 electoral votes for them, they can play all the games they want in the electoral college. But they know what happens if they try to play games with the electoral college. They start a real civil war, and they all get shot because there are 80 million gun owners in America that will not stand for that. Because the one poll that I that I've seen in the United, in the United States that I absolutely believe is that something like 85 or 90% of Americans today want this election settled one way or the other. They do not want this going on for two months. And if they play this game where they're going to go they're going to they're going to exacerbate it, ex- exasperate us and exacerbate this and take this all the way to January 20th and they're going to try and lawyer this thing out no, that's going to no, that is not going to fly. You will, you will finally see conscientious Americans walk up the Capitol Hill, pull Pelosi out by her hair, drag her out by her freaking dentures, and say, "You're done. Get out of here." If something's going to happen. Something will break. That will not. That is not going to happen. So, you know, and I, I, I so that's why I really want a strong, definitive statement tonight because it precludes the the crazy outcome. The Dark Winter. Um, yeah. We're
2: we're running uh, out of time, so I just have a sure. last question, and after that, if you have any final thought for us, you know, a lot of listeners ask me this question. I ask a lot of my guests this question. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we do move into this technocracy dystopian, you know, mm-hmm. a thing, or, or even if, as you say, if it falls apart, it's still going to be, you know, Terrible. total chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from getting gold goats. And guns. Uh, <laughs> what, what would be like just Bitcoin. some practical Bitcoin?
1: Yeah? Oh, yeah. No, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is actually the best, um, best cross, um, cross border asset to own because you can move it under everybody's nose and you can move as much of it as you want. Can't move gold. Can't move goats. Can't move guns. If you're going to stay, if you're going to hunker down and stay in place, gold, goats, and guns. If you're going to, if you're going to try and be mobile, like I, I, someone asked me tonight while I was on my stream, I said, well, you know, what do we do if Biden wins tonight? I said, well, I'm going to seriously think about whether or not I go vagabond, you know, do I sell the house or do I just, you know, I it and go vagabond for a couple of years until this whole thing, you know, settles down and we figure out what's going to happen. Um, Cause I can do my job from anywhere in the world. I just need a laptop and, a, and an internet connection. It's fine. Um, and, I've structured my life to be able to do that. Not everybody has that option. So what do you do then? Um, you opt out as much as humanly possible. And you make your life as anti-fragile as possible. And you make your life, and I've been preaching this to people for 15 years, privately and now publicly, you make yourself as anti-fragile as you possibly can. That means diversifying your income streams as much as possible. That means having some way of having a network of people that provides you goods and services that you need in order to get through your life. And however you can, because they're going to disrupt basic supply chains. They're going to destroy your small business. They're going to destroy everything because that's what commies do. I don't, I don't mince words anymore. It's not whether they're commies. Let's just like, that's what they are. And that, and, and with all the opprobrium, I can, I can lace into that word. They're just commies and they're bad commies. They're not even like aspirational commies. They're terrible people and they're arrogant and pathetic. Oh, who've never worked who never worked in a day in their freaking lives and you're, do not understand what the pro what what their proletariat world actually looks like. You're you're They just want to destroy people.
0: You're not only guest to the GeoPolitics and Empire podcast, you're also guest to uh, something called the Podcars podcast, which is pot with Candle podcast, Conversations of Hope. You just read the the um, the, the election result preliminary but uh, um Trump is winning. If I read you right,
1: so I read it right.
0: There's hope in, in the world. If
1: I follow there the is. story, oh, there's always hope. Oh. See, look this this whole thing that they're going to, they boy made the the, the 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 right point, which is that they're going to try and pull this off. Last thing to say, they're going to try and pull this off. They are. not They're not going to succeed. They're going to just create a massive amount of chaos, and they're going to kill a lot of people. They're going to destroy the lives of a lot of people. And we're going to come out the other side of this and go, yeah, we don't want that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: And then we're going to figure out what we want next. And I can see it building in the generation that's coming behind me. I know you're older than I am, Rico, and her voice is younger than me. But I see what we call the millennial generation here. I see something in them that a lot of other people don't see. I see them really wanting to understand what's coming next. And they believe in something that's, they believe in an, a level of authenticity and a level of no BS that um, they get it. They're not sure what they get, but they get that. And when we come out the other side of that, they're going to be stronger than I think we've ever, um, we ever anticipated them to be. It's my job to tear it all down. It's their job to build what's coming next and guide them into what's coming next and to inform them, this is why we're tearing it down. That's our goal. That's, I mean, as the in the, in the generational scheme, I scheme of things, I think things see things getting better, but it's going to get worse before it has. But it has to get worse before it can get better. We have to hit rock bottom first as a culture.
2: All right, I think that's a great place to leave it. You've left us and our listeners with with hope, um, gold go- gold goats and and guns. Uh, it is, uh, and thanks for being our grand finale here.
1: Uh, I enjoyed it as always. We can- I- <laughs> so um yeah no I, it was great I haven't we, have, we haven't chatted in a while so it was good to I'm glad you gave me the you shot the invite my way. it's, it's, it's fun so I, yeah, I, I well, it.
2: I'll have to get you on geopolitics and Empire soon uh, and we can't believe that we've done this was my first live stream I couldn't have done it without Rico and I can't believe we did it so
1: oh it, it's actually a lot easier to think it is you just kind of just just do it do it move on. You guys take care. We'll talk soon. All right. See you. Be well. Take care.
0: Yes, we came. We saw. <laughs> he died. Every nation, in every region, now has a decision to make. Decision to make. Decision
1: to make. You think I'm joking? Predator drones. <laughs> You
0: will never see it coming. The Rockies, the Rockies, the Rockies, the
1: Rockies. Let's stand that I can only go over four.